Hey there, everyone. I'm Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Polearm Fighter build. The Polearm Master feat inevitably comes up whenever anyone is discussing optimized builds. Some people refer to it as overpowered, and while I wouldn't go that far, I do think that there's a lot worth discussing before you make your own Polearm Master Fighter character, and we're going to go over all of that in today's episode. Before we get into it, I ask that you please like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And now, on with the episode. So what's the point of this build exactly? Well, fundamentally, it's all about creating a character that can attack at a distance and also keep their opponents at a distance with their polearm. They can also use a second attack with the back end of this weapon. And on top of all of that, they're able to use an opportunity attack when someone comes at them as opposed to just trying to get around them. At fourth level, a polearm master fighter's turn will look a lot like this. There's a lot of assumptions and things that have to go right for this character to work, but it can make you into a daunting and nigh unstoppable opponent in any kind of dueling situation, or fair fight, as it were. If this kind of keep-away style of combat sounds appealing, then this character build may just be right for you. So how do I build it? While you can technically run this build with any combination of race or class, it's much easier to get the two feats necessary for the build by playing a human fighter, seeing as they have way more opportunities in order to get feats in the first place. You'll want to get Polearm Master and Sentinel in order to complete this build. From the player's handbook, when you take the attack action with a glaive, halberd, or quarterstaff, you can use a bonus action to make a melee attack with the other end of the weapon. The damage die is a d4 and deals bludgeoning damage. Otherwise, this attack functions just as if you attacked with the weapon in question. While wielding a glaive, halberd, pike, or quarterstaff, you're able to make an opportunity attack whenever someone enters your reach. It should also be noted that this has been expanded to include spears, though I'm willing to bet that most D&D groups just homebrewed it so that it would include spears anyway. With the sentinel feat, whenever you hit a creature with an opportunity attack, its speed drops to zero for the rest of the turn. This stops any movement they may have been taking. Creatures within your reach provoke opportunity attacks even if they took the disengage action. When a creature within your reach makes an attack against a target other than you, you can use your reaction to make a melee weapon attack against the attacking creature. Note how these two feats interact with one another. Polearm Mastery allows you to make an opportunity attack whenever someone enters your range, and Sentinel stops your opponent dead in their tracks before they can even close the distance. And that's really it. The core concept of this build is all about just using these two feats in tandem. Two feats which are already great on their own. Just build your fighter how you normally would, and then get these feats at the next opportunity. Basically, what you'll want to do is select the human race and take the variant option that grants a feat at first level and select Polearm Master as your feat. Use a glaive or a halberd as your weapon, and at fourth level, select the sentinel feat. That's what you can consider the core of the build, and beyond that, you have a lot of wiggle room to customize. The standard or vanilla build of Polearm Master is usually what people are talking about when they reference the build. It is the easiest and most direct application of the idea and turns on the earliest with the least penalty for the multiple feet dips. For this version of the build, take the previously mentioned core options for the build and make the following choices. So I know I said at the beginning of this episode that I don't think this build is broken, but it can be a little unfair to your opponents from time to time. Imagine a build where you're able to keep your opponent at a distance of 10 feet away, and they can't move, they can't fight back, and you can just safely stab them at this distance as much as you want. Oh, and they're constantly taking psychic damage every turn that they stand there, helplessly. 
Starting at 7th level, you constantly emanate a menacing aura while you're not incapacitated. The aura extends 10 feet from you in every direction, but not through total cover. If a creature is frightened of you, its speed is reduced to zero while in the aura, and that creature takes psychic damage equal to half your paladin level if it starts its turn there. At 18th level, the range of this aura increases to 30 feet. Conquering Presence is really just a built-in way to frighten your opponents, but there are a few paladin spells that can do basically the same thing. Think about how this interacts with your polearm setup. If a creature is frightened, they cannot move, and because they're 10 feet away, they cannot attack you either. Even if they manage to save out of this, you can make an opportunity attack and keep them locked in place because of the sentinel feat. This version of the build does take a little bit more work because you'll have to focus on that charisma stat and wait until about level 7 for it to boot up all the way. But with heavy armor and divine smite, if you ask me, it's a pretty good trade-off. The Stormlock Barbarian is a little fairer than the Knight, but still based on creating an aura of pain around you and locking your opponent out of reach. With this, you can slash away while your opponent is just stuck ahead of you in a nimbus of electric damage. To set up this storm, you can take the following steps as shown on screen. This version has the bonus survivability of a Barbarian with an extra damage synergy. Consider this build if you like the idea of being a living lightning rod for your team. So is this build worth playing? The short answer is yes, and the long answer is sort of. It does virtually nothing to address any long-range combatants, and if you were to get swarmed in combat, well, you might as well kiss any of your tactical abilities goodbye. The build controls single close-range combatants quite well, to the point where I think just about any opponent you face will cry OP or broken before very long. The true advantage of this build, though, is the fact that you don't have to sacrifice a whole lot in order to make it. None of the decisions that you make in order to build this character are really a detriment in and of themselves, leaving you with a perfectly capable martial character even if all of the gimmicks break down around you. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And if you're building a polearm fighter that you're proud of, I would love to hear about it down in the comments, especially if you're doing something that breaks away from the human variant build. I really like the image of a gnome or a halfling doing this with a weapon that looks way too big for them. <laughs> but that's one of the great things about D&D is that I am both at the same time surprised and not surprised anymore by the things I see come to the table. <laughs> Thanks again for watching, guys. My name's Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.